Blog Talk Radio. Chatting with Sherry. Today we're going to chat about fan fiction, which is one of my favorite things. I have loved it for many years. I've read it. I've written it. Uh, and we're going to actually discuss all three things that I've written. Much better authors than me, though. One is Melissa Good. She's a very talented author who's best known for her Carrie and Dar series. Mary D., who's better known as Mary D. Brooks. Is a very good friend of the show, uh, says Melissa. Um, she is best known for her Ava and Zoe uh, books and stories. Um, she's also written Star Trek, um, and Melissa has written Xena. And our last but not least is a new writer to f- uh, fan fiction. Her name is Anika. She writes for Miss Fisher uh, about Jack and Briny. Um, it's a fun chat, so... Please welcome these wonderful, talented uh, writers. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. Hello. Hi. Hi, guys. Um, We're doing a fan fiction panel. We're going to be talking about fan fiction, how we got into it, what we read, and how it affected our lives. Um, so why don't we start by introducing ourselves. Um, I'm Sherry, I'm chatting with Sherry. Next! You didn't tell us which one to go first, Sherry. I assume that you guys, one of you would just pop up. Since you did, Missy, you can go first. (laughs) Okay. Hi, I'm Missy Good. (laughs) Mary... Sorry. Um, I am Mary D, also uh, right under Mary D books. Um, and I'm Annika Huber. Okay. And, okay, so Missy is best known for Xena, uh, Xena stories, and her, uh, uh, now they call it AU, but what would we, we did call it something, we called it Uber back then, didn't we, Missy? Yes, that. I don't know where did that where did that name come from, Mary? Was that just a word that we made up out of nowhere actually, to, to cover this stuff, or did it actually come from the series? Tim Cabin uh, uh, coined it. Who did? Um, yeah, uh, I only found out about that uh, from uh, the Xena book. Well, the um, the chapter that she wrote for the Xena book. And uh, I thought, oh, is that where it came from? So, who who yeah. co- who coined it? I didn't I didn't hear the name. Kim Taven from Whoosh. Oh, Kim. And that figures. Yeah, that 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 would make that makes total sense. Yes. Yeah. And I've read that chapter so many times it's stuck in my head. <laughs> we'll get to your book, darling. Um, 
Okay, so um, Missy's best known for Darn Carrie, um, which are is a series about um, people that work in Miami, which really works since she's from Miami. <laughs> and um, also she's Zena and there's a bunch of other stuff we'll talk about. Um, um, Mary uh, is... Well, she she wrote Star Trek fan fiction, but she's really best known for her website, which is a real go-to for anybody who loves Dina. Um, she but she wrote Star Trek. I want to make sure clear. She wrote Star Trek fan fiction. Because <laughs> she wanted to make make sure I said that. And Anika writes Miss Fisher. And strangely yep. enough, I've written all three. <laughs> Which version of Trick? I actually uh, stuck to Next Generation and the original. Those were the two I liked the best. So that's what I wrote. That's what the voices I heard. I write PNG and uh, Deep Space Nine. I like these things. I just couldn't get a character thing going. Um, I found that uh, after the first episode of um, Deep Space Nine, uh, the characters just popped into my head, which is bizarre. Interesting. I think that's the yeah. way it works, though. That's just the way it works. I mean, um, you start watching a show and then all of a sudden, you, you just know the characters so well that their voices are just in your head. And sometimes they're chattering so much you have to get it down on paper or it drives you nuts. Uh, with Star Trek Deep Space Nine, I actually heard um, one of the major characters, uh, Major Kira, clear and loud in my head. Um, excuse me, I have to take the cat out. Um, um, but when it came to Xena, I couldn't hear them in my head, even though I've, um, even though I've, uh, I've read a bazillion uh, stories, it just didn't click. That's unusual, because you're, you're a big fan of Xena. Yes, yeah, but, and after I started writing, uh, um, my first, uh, story, all I heard was a Callisto in my head, which is <laughs> scary as hell. And loud and clear, it was her voice. And and Zena and Gat were not there. Interesting. Bizarre. Does, I wonder what that says, Mary. <laughs> I'm cranky. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've lost the plot, that's what it, it says. Um, it truly, it actually got me thinking, why am I hearing this psycho in my head? Um, I gave up trying to figure it out in case I uh, figured out I was totally nuts. Okay. That's interesting. Um, Anika, you write Miss Fisher. Uh, did that happen right away, or did you watch the show for a while? How did you start writing fan fiction? Um, I had watched the show for a while. Um, it's, it's actually the first fandom I sort of got into. So um, I first watched it about five years ago and then um, started reading fan fiction, I think, 
two years after that, so I didn't even get involved in reading even for a while. Um, and then, uh, I think a year ago, yeah, um, I started writing because I had an idea I wanted to get out, and then after that, it just, I don't know, it's, um, it's addictive. It kept happening. It's addictive. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, In fact, what? Yes. Oh, I thought you were. I um, thought you were going to say something. Sorry. No. Um. Well, what I would say is that um, for me, it's for the universe that drew me in and that I kept seeing before I really heard the characters' voices. I think. Um, which, yeah, I think that's different from other shows I've seen where I was drawn purely to the characters. Um, and for Miss Fisher, it's this whole thing that I think also keeps me writing. It's the what thing? The whole universe. Oh, the oh, the, ni- the 1920s and uh, the characters yeah. and all that stuff. The mysteries. Yeah. Okay. So I think that's actually a... That's actually a really good indication, I think, of, of somebody who's done a really good job world-building in terms of uh, who did the original story, um, because you want to spend time there. Yeah. Right? You want to spend time in the universe that they've created. You want to spend more yeah. time than they gave you. You, you. you only have the hour show, so you you want to spend more time, so you create fan fiction. Exactly, and I think I think for some um, some other people I've talked to who write fan fiction who have been in other fandoms, the, the almost the main motivation for writing the fanfic seems to be to fix things that the show didn't do necessarily. Um, and I think for Ms. Fisher or I, I guess a lot of other shows too, when the source material is so good and already so in depth and well worked out, you yes, you just want to keep living in that world and keep it. Exploring the characters and all the depth to it. Um, my second question is kind of strange, but I have to ask because I know, I know that it has had an effect. What is the effect of writing or taking part or whatever what way you want to put it? Fan fiction has had on your life, your real life, and this is for everybody. Anybody can answer. I think it was a good stepping stone. Uh, like uh, setting a good foundation for when you start writing your own because as Missy said um, the world building has already happened and uh, and you know the characters and everybody else knows the characters there's no there's no research involved (laughs) in trying to find the time period that you want to write in and all you have to do is come up with a story, which uh, kind of gives you a lot of breathing space that the only thing you have to do is get the characters right and also the story. Then when you're comfortable with that, writing your own things becomes uh, a lot easier. You get more confident because you're getting... Yeah. And it, well, it wasn't this way when I first started fan fiction. When I started writing fan fiction, it was fan fiction booklets, and we passed it around and stuff like that. Fan things. 
But but in, since the internet, you get an immediate reaction. You get comments, you get kudos, you get notes, you get emails, all kinds of stuff. So you actually start developing confidence because people like what you're doing. Oh, feedback. I think uh, um, a lot of us got the feedback, and I think uh, with Missy as well, um, is that the feedback can be so important that while it pats you on the head for doing a good job, it also uh, points out where you want to work on. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, both and sides you get feedback. all feedback. <laughs> yeah, and you and you get um, to the point where okay, if this doesn't doesn't if that uh, way that I did it didn't work, I'll go another way or take somebody's suggestion and and say. Um, so if person A said this about what I wrote, you have to think about are they accurate and if they are, how can I improve? That's true. So it's a collaborative effort. With the fans? Yeah, yeah. Um, it, you don't get that as much. As a regular writer. <laughs> yes. No, you don't at all, really. <laughs> so you're sitting there on your own and you're going, I wonder if this is going to work. And you think your your stuff is uh, is gold until your editor gets it. But up to that point, um, you're, you're flying blind, but not with fan fiction. Right. That, that is true. That is true. When you step into the real world, that's different. Yeah, you get a rude awakening. Uh, a group of people that can read your stuff and point out where you're going wrong. Or if you're going right. That's my take. Yeah. Missy, what do you think? Well, for me, writing is a form of, um, it's like a hobby. It's a form of uh, recreation. Um, it's something I do just for the pleasure of actually doing it. Um, so I write for myself. And it's been great and fun and interesting putting it out in the world, but I don't know that it, what the world has given back to me from it I don't know that it would have changed what I've written. Well, so you did get I something. Do, you got to write two episodes of the show that you love. Yeah. No, I, <laughs> there's, no doubt of, there's no doubt about that it has enriched my life. But the act of writing and the act of writing stories for me is something that I would do regardless of whether or not anything came of them. Yeah. I guess is a, is a better, better, better way to put it. You write it, for the joy of it. I do. I think that's the only way to because, write. Because, you, know, you know, I have been writing for, I don't, what is it now, 20 years? Yeah. Mary, how long, how, how long, how, how long, how long, it's been 20 years, right? Uh, 20, um, oh dear. Yeah, so it, you, if you're doing that and, you, and it, you're not doing it for the love of it, I don't understand why you do it. Exactly. You know, it, it's, it's a little bit baffling to me why you would spend so much emotional energy because I think if you write, when you write, regardless of what you're writing, whether it's fanfic or original fic or whether you're just writing 
um, copy for a for a t- you know whatever. Um, that if you're writing something and you're writing from the character's viewpoint, you're feeling what those characters are feeling, and you're going through the emotions of that story. That is a huge emotional investment that you're doing in that activity. So I think you better really like what you're doing. And I'm not sure that for me, I know that it you know the internet came around at a great period of time, and everybody got access to instant publishing in a great time and it certainly has enriched my life in that I've met lifelong friends that way and I had remarkable things happen to me that way and I got to experience a lot of really joyous moments um, but the writing part of it I I think that the writing is for me the important part because it, it's my way of, of using creative energy and whether or not anyone else reads it, for me, that activity doesn't change. And it's a success based on the way you um, you write for yourself, as yes. most authors or writers do. And then if somebody else likes it, that's icing on the cake. Yes. That, that, is, that is kind of my viewpoint on it, is just that I really enjoy I mean when I sit down at night and write sections out that for me is a great way to wind up the day and spend time doing something that I love to do in a world that I've created that I have total control over uh, after a long day of fixing technical problems you know it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's an absolute life enrichment activity for me and if people enjoy it too that is a big bonus like I, that's, that's awesome that's fantastic but uh, you know so that, that's my viewpoint on it. You've given people a lot of pleasure over the years. So that sounds naughty. Um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Especially since I'm a half-alt bard, so yeah. <laughs> you, you've given people a lot of pleasure over the years, Missy. Um, Missy, yours is the first Xena uh, fan fiction I'd ever re- read. You're one of really? the, yeah, it was your Christmas short story of Darren Carey. That was the first one I'd ever read. I, I was yeah. I was working for um, a company um, on site as a travel agent, and we got a computer, and I was told on my lunchtime I could do what I want on the Internet, no restrictions. Oh, that's dangerous. I know, but I wasn't doing anything wrong. <laughs> I did not buy anything. I didn't do anything wrong. But I did look you know, at, I, I I at fan fiction. Very often my website gets blocked, not because of what I write on my website, but because I also host the Academy of Art ah. <laughs> on the same server. Extra naughty. <laughs> the, um, so you, you must know what that's like, Mary. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I, I've got people complaining a lot. <laughs> so I can't do anything about it. Sorry. Nope. Yep. I do. I just, you know, I'm like, look. There's nobody finding any of that content on, on merwolf.com, but let me tell you, um, I do host Academy of Arts, and that's a wide breadth of material that's, that's on there. Yes, the site is blacklisted by somebody. Yep. And uh, it's all like, sorry. But that's fan fiction. That's all fan fiction. There's always something sexy in fan fiction. Well, yeah. it is. But, you know, it's... I think also the the world lately has gotten to a point where it's a little bit more conservative, and that has only really happened within the last, I would say, five years that I've started to have that kind of problem that that those that 
Academy of Arts in Blacklisted. Um, and since it shares an IP with Morewolf.com, you know, that causes a problem for that as well. Have um, you changing uh, the IP to, to well, the IPs? I, I could post it on a different server, but I just, you know, that I, it, for me it feels sad because it's their story, but, and they have a viewpoint. Everybody's story has a viewpoint. You're telling someone's story. You're telling part of your story. You're telling uh, something that's in your heart. Whereas even when you're writing fanfic, you're telling part of your own story Absolutely. on there. And I think everybody's voice deserves to be heard, regardless of the medium that they're using. So if somebody wants to write something that has a lot of, of explicit content in it, it's still telling part of their story. And I, I feel kind of bad that um, that blacklists, morality blacklists, has found a way to, to stop those voices from being heard. But the thing is, it's clearly marked. It's clearly marked on on every fan fiction site I've ever seen. So if you don't want to read that stuff, you don't have to. It's right there. It says explicit. <laughs> but think of the children. It still <laughs> will say explicit. And, and, and if, why is your child, uh, if it's if your child's that young, going to a site on the uh, Why don't you know what your kid's doing? I mean, really. Oh, that's obvious. And it, even if it's not the child and it's uh, somebody in the household, I, if I have an objection to it, why are they going there? Exactly. Well, why are you reading something that you're not supposed to be reading, according to you, and then complain about it? And put it in a blacklist. But there's yeah, nothing wrong no. with it. And like I said, it no, is clearly no. marked. <laughs> so there shouldn't be a problem. I, I have to say, I've always been. I would always be have been proud had any of my books been burned. That that's a mark of pride. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I've ever written anything that probably would come into that, but still. Actually, that's what well, J.K. Rowling said when they started burning her Harry Potter books. She said, "That's okay. Yeah. If those people want to burn my book, that's their problem." Yeah, <laughs> it's like a prideful. They've, they've already paid. They've already paid for it. They yeah, exactly. Know. They bought the book. <laughs> You can't so much. Yeah, <laughs> and a lot of times well, yeah. people complain about stuff and they don't read it. They don't even know yeah. what's in it. They don't know what the content is or how it's presented. And they do that kind no, of they thing. Don't. They don't. But, you know, when they're part of Dina fandom, I mean, you know, we look back now as, you know, um, as sort of a, a what was a wonderful time. And it was a wonderful time. But there was a lot of controversy over the um, the use of slash characters within that fandom itself. Even though that idea actually had the support of the people that were behind the intellectual property, it still there was a lot of controversy. And Mary remembers because you know she went to those conventions and yeah. had to deal with the uh, shippers versus the subtexters and 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 all of the that was that was uh, that was like online gang war. Yeah. Well, they actually, uh, I, I write Miss Fisher now, and it's actually it the same as Anika does, and it's actually still having stuff today where there's people yeah. who um, love, uh, uh, it, it's uh, Jack and Franny are the characters that everybody's really very yeah. supportive of, but there's other people who can't stand it, and they, they want it to be uh, Franny and Mac or something else, and there's like all this See, that's what I don't understand. There's all this anger 
um, how dare you not have it tiny and jacked? And it's like, uh, it's my head and that's where I'm at. Uh, I actually that. don't write uh, 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 Franny and Max stories, but I've read them and they were all really good. So I don't see a real issue. <laughs> Mac is a woman, but if you don't know, Mac is a woman doctor. It is kind of a juvenile thing, but it's been going on for a very long time because I remember those zines that you started talking about. Sherry, I remember going to my first uh, science fiction conventions and finding my first dealer's room and, and finding slash fiction and going, oh, my goodness. And there was arguments back then. Yeah. I was. You know? So, I mean, that's, I don't know, people, I, I guess it's a backhanded compliment to the owners of the IP and the characters that they've, that they've created characters that are so compelling that, it causes such a emotional reaction to them. I guess you have to be complimented by that because if people didn't care, they wouldn't get mad. I That's think exactly the first it. one I ever read, and then she took. Uh, I was at um at a, a meeting, Star Trek fan club meeting, and uh, the woman that we were at was at a marine base. Her husband was marine, and we were all sitting around. And she goes, "Is he gone?" talking about her husband and one of the other girls said yes and she took out this box and it was filled <laughs> those white boxes <laughs> and it was filled with uh, Kirk slash Spock stories and I I was yeah. 18 total innocent at 18 I was innocent <laughs> and I'm like my eyes went oh my god that was the first I'd ever even heard of it. She w she had to wait for her husband to leave before she brought it. That was like this real secret thing. <laughs> so you have to remember that when Zeno was coming on television, the internet was just starting. And the idea that you would actually have support for same-sex characters on the screen was unknown. Mm -hmm. You know, Zeno was, the, I think, just about the first that where they didn't explicitly come out and say it, but they didn't explicitly come out and not say it and that and so that you know now it's now it's like what are you even talking about and having same-sex characters on television is really not a big thing but it was then and so it was quite controversial and that was it was it was literally online gang war uh, you know i didn't spend any time what was the name of that forum mary Net, the, nut forum? The, net forum, the nut forum yeah I didn't spend time in the nut form because, like, there's only enough hours in the day. But that literally was like going out and going out on the streets of New York with gangs and having gang fights all night. Okay, oh, yeah. that shows you. I love Zena. I read all Zena. I wrote Zena stories, but I ha I never heard of the nut farm. I didn't even know it existed. <laughs> the, the official name of it was the USA a Net Forum. Ah. <laughs> USA uh, Today or USA Net Forum. Yeah. And uh, it was uh, affectionately known as the Nut Forum. Yeah, because it was uh, nuts. Yeah, because it was nuts. Um, it was just, it was, yeah, it was open. What, what I um, couldn't fathom, and I've never read it, but I think I'll I'll do, uh, I'll read it because now I'm curious. Uh, <laughs> uh, Aries and Joxa. And I'm thinking, what? Uh, yeah. yeah. I yeah. never heard of that one. What a weird combo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what I thought initially. And 
I thought, no, I'm not reading that. I've got too much on. And I haven't read any. So <laughs> Who has the time? <laughs> if I have the time, yes. Um, I find that, that, that five minutes in between uh, waking up and breathing. Um, <laughs> and I couldn't fathom it. I couldn't fathom Gabrielle and Joxa. Of course. Um, because that was canon. But you know what, but but there were people, though, that those two characters spoke to. And so from my viewpoint, that, those stories are just as valid as any other stories. It's valid, I just can't picture it. It spoke from their their heart. Although the idea of Joxer in there is just, made me shake my head. Uh, But um, I have to read one of those stories. I need to find a good one. Um, But there was all types. Um, I think there was, uh, if I remember correctly, there was Joxer and um, uh, what's his name um, and Hercules. Oh Lord! Yeah, you could, you could go online now and find fan fiction about Bugs Bunny and Edgar. Isn't it interesting? I mean, it's just it's Gilligan's Island and and, and stuff. About any combination you want, and you will find. I mean, Wrigley Spearmint chewing gum fan <laughs> And and they have they have a controversy you know, on everything, though. I mean, it's like people want to argue. It's just the weirdest thing. People like drama in their lives. They, they have you not? I mean, yes. People really. There are people that I know that would get in, go out into the into the nut forum and wade into those arguments because of the pure joy of it. Because that's they had. They loved the drama of doing that, and it gave them like mental energy and mental excitement for for them to do. You know, it's you weird know, because you know. I used to go to um, the burn notice uh, thing on USA. I never went on to the Xeno one. I just... I, I Okay, well, then all I can say is you're blessed. Okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> I love Burn Notice. That was one of my top favorite shows, too. I just never could think of... Uh, you know how you can't do uh, fan fiction for Xena, Mary? I can't do... And I love Burn Notice, but I can't seem to do fanfic. I tried a couple of times. I cannot get into their heads. Michael's head is so weird that there's just no... I love him, but there's no way. I wanted to do a Michael and C story. I tried. I just... I can't do it. Look, sometimes characters speak to you and sometimes they don't. Yeah, luckily. Uh, I don't... Yeah, I mean, it, but but that is that is something that you're expressing through your own cre- creativity, I think, that that sparks... That means that you have something that, that you want to say about that character, you want to say about that story. It, there's something in there that wants to come out. Yeah. There's multi-line. I mean, I started writing Xena fan fiction about two weeks after I saw my first episode. Yeah, it clicked for you. It did. The character <laughs> spoke to me, and I said, oh, I can write stories about this. So here we are, 24 years later. And you're still doing it. <laughs> I remember when Tom, uh, um, when I was doing uh, Tom Xenopage. Uh, the Tom Xenopage, yeah. Yeah, the fanfic. I was the fanfic editor there. And uh, and doing Ozip as well. Uh, I'm insane. Anyway, you are. Uh, you are. Well, look at the, what the project with your book. That was insane, so. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, 
and I came across your stories, Missy, and I started reading. That was the first place where I published them. Yeah, and I think one of the first uh, Eddie Awards, which I set up, um, uh, was for for your first one or your second one, and um, it was just brilliant stuff because I could hear them loud and clear in uh, when I was reading your uh, your fiction and it's, it's yeah, they've got loud voices <laughs> they do they do um, and it was just magical and when 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 a writer actually gets it right on the spot right perfectly the TV and the episodes on TV and the um and the fiction kind of meld, and you go, did that happen on the show, or did I read it in a fanfic? Well, I'm, I'm given the amount of breadth of, of fan fiction out there, I'm sure there's a lot of that going around now. Now, yeah. now this was just going to say to Anika, she writes Miss Fisher fandom, do you feel that when you read, uh, uh, not just your stories, but all stories, that you kind of start melding the fan fiction from Miss Fisher and the uh, the stories? I mean, the actual shows? Um, definitely, I think. Um, given that the show aired, well, first aired in 2012, but ended in 2015, and there's only three seasons, and there's not that many episodes, so there's not that much source material, really. Um, and then there was a long wait now until the movie last year came out. Uh, no, this year. This year, <laughs> believe it or not. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. And I think during that time there was so much fan fiction written that people also, I think almost all fans started almost considering the, the source material, well definitely mixing the fan fiction with, the, with, with what was canon really. Um, and I think that also made it really interesting to then see reactions to the film, which I think were definitely influenced by fan fiction as well and what people were expecting, which was I think out of a fan fiction because that was all the, that we had for five plus years. That's true. Um, and then yeah. it turned out different. I mean, still great, but not straight out of a fan fiction, which I think was the universe that a lot of people started building in their heads, me included, really. Well, I, got, that, I know, think that that's... Makes it, that makes it difficult for the IP, for the people that are actually that are actually doing this for money. Exactly. Yeah, it exactly. makes it really difficult because how do you, how do you uphold the... Up the expectations of millions of people, all of which have a, a different viewpoint of where it is this this material needs to go, and really have no commercial need to have it do a certain thing because of, you know, to have to ap appeal to a broad audience. When I write, I don't have to appeal to a broad audience. I have to appeal to me. Well, that's just and the so thing that, makes, that it very difficult. I found funny about the whole thing, controversy about the Miss Fisher movie, was that uh, Carrie Greenwood, whose baby it is, she created uh, Franny Fisher 20 years ago. It's her baby. She created. She okay the movie. <laughs> and okay. and everybody keeps saying, yeah. well, Franny won't say that. Franny wouldn't do that. Franny wouldn't say that. And I'm like, well, Carrie okayed it, so I guess she would. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. It. I think the author okayed it and also all the actors involved and the producers. I mean, it is their show, essentially, and I think, especially for Miss Fisher, and, and I guess it's a small and very familial, familiar fandom, um, but it's almost like people really did feel like the characters were their own, and I think that was a reality check 
And <laughs> it is because because you know it's a commercial entity, and those folks, the, the actors that acted, the the person who wrote it, and the folks that produced it. I mean, that is that is a large monetary risk that they put on the table to actually go out and make that a commercial success. And so they have a lot of things they have to worry about that those of us that are writing fan fiction don't have exactly. to worry about when you're trying to have characters do things. Yeah, and they have, like, partners, uh, uh, money partners, and all kinds of people that they have to answer to. And well, they have a studio that they have to, you know, they're expecting it, you know, they have a certain budget, and they're expecting to make a certain return on that budget. And those considerations sometimes are more important than the structural integrity of the character. I mean, we that's just the reality of the world. That is... Well, actually, I think that it was... It's, it's, it's one of the beauties of, of being able to write, you know, that everybody now can do what they call transformational fiction. Everybody can do that now, and that's one of the beauties of being able to do that because you can write a story that shows the world from your viewpoint. But, you know, you don't know always that, um, you know, when they, if they were to, let's say if we were going to get a reboot of Zuna or whatever it was. Maybe. You don't, you have, there's, no, there's no thought whatsoever. It's like, well, how do we, how do we take into account how the fandom feels? That is not going to be part of the equation. And they'll go for a larger demographic rather than the the fandom itself. Yes. I mean, we got the, we got front row seats with that, didn't we, Mary? Yes. Um, we're coming to the end. I wanted to ask. Okay, uh, I'm going to start with Missy. Um, yeah, I want to find out what you have happening now. Uh, is there anything uh, uh, story-wise, or wh- are you, do you have a new Darn Carrie coming out? Anything like that? I do. So I'm working on. I don't know what number this is. There's like I have a huge box of books, but <laughs> the latest of the Darn Carrie stories I'm working on finishing. Um, I probably have a couple more sections to go before I'll submit it. Um, to have that published. Um, and then I have next up uh, another one of my science fiction series, um, or Xena, it depends on who starts yelling louder, um, because, you know, that's kind of how I decide what I'm going to write next is whoever's yelling loudest yeah. in my head to actually come out onto there. Um, that, that really is, is kind of it. It just it takes me quite a long time to actually get stuff done because I write hideously long and sometimes completely circular uh, novels and um, they take sometimes a year or two to actually write because I you know I do actually have a, a, a day job um, to actually I uh, am a manager of technology for the Walt Disney Company so that's a big job which is, which is kind of hilarious because that is they, Disney has always um, been so, so much a part of my Uber novels Right, so they're always going off to Disney World and mm-hmm. always making Disney references because Disney has always been such a huge part of my life. Um, so to then find Disney reaching out to me um, to ask me to come and work for them was one of the funniest minutes of my life when I was looking at this email. <laughs> going, oh my God. No, <laughs> I know that your fiction. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was kind of crazy when you told me. I was like, oh my God. I mean, I, it was like the, the first real date of Darren Carey was at uh, Disney World. <laughs> at Walt Disney World, right. So it was, it, and it's funny because when I, I had to write a, a little blurb 
to introduce to three of my technical teams that I manage, and that got published to all of what they call uh, parks and parks and resorts uh, technical, which is the group that I belong to. And I got several emails back from folks within Disney. They're like, "Wait a minute, are you? Are you the one who did Darren Carey?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was it. Was it's really funny. So you were talking about, you know, how is how is your life and fan fiction sort of intertwined? That really kind of um, that's been the funniest for me. Um, sort of intertwining of stuff that I've written coming back to um, to actually become part of my life. It's been that. So that's so cool. Now, Anika is new to it. I don't know if it's actually affected your life, but how do you feel about, what do you feel about you writing? How was your response to it? That kind of stuff. Um, Well, it definitely gave me confidence where writing was concerned and gave me a creative output. Um, I'm in medical school, not a lot of creativity going on there. And when I started writing and I also draw fan art and drawing, and um, just immediately had this audience that wanted to know what I was doing because it was within this great fandom. Um, I think the community aspect has really enriched my life. And um, with the, if I hadn't started writing fan fiction, I wouldn't have flown to Australia in the beginning of this year to then see the premiere of the movie, all, all of all of these developments and meet people. Um, so it's definitely affected my life even in the short amount of time that I've been doing it. and. I think it'll just uh, stay that way for for a while as my creative outlet while I do my real life things. But um, yeah, it's it's too much fun to not do. Okay, I that's great. That's what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be fun. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Now, Mary, I know what her big thing is. Do you want to talk about? Do you want me to introduce it, or do you want to? Uh, which part? <laughs> well, that why can we start part about part the part book part. that came out? Yes. The huge book that you wrote that took, like, yes. almost so, two years to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Xena, The Courage Changed Our World. 542 pages of the, the history of the Xenoverse, basically. The Definitive Guide to the Xenoverse. Is um, that how long it came out? Oh, my goodness. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. <laughs> that I, and you did it by yourself, right? You didn't have any help. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, I typeset it myself. I put it together. But I had help. I had an editor who, uh, bless herself, um, and there was like uh, 58 uh, writers Missy involved as well and you and and everybody got their uh, their assignment in on time and that gave me about 8 months to put it all together um, and uh, at the end of the day we came out with uh, a book that became uh, the definitive guide to everything about the Xenoverse and the history. Yeah, definitely. And it encompasses <laughs> everything in the fandom, uh, from fan fiction to the greater good to uh, the various aspects of um, what people were doing and uh, the Nut Forum and the and everything, everything about the Xenoverse. 
and, and all the charity. That's, the that's charity. what, yeah, the charity work I was going to bring up. Yeah. yeah, and it was just mind-blowing reading everybody's contribution. Um, I was alone in my office when I was putting it together, but it was a truly collaborative effort uh, because without everybody else being involved, it would be a... Uh, it wouldn't be the book it is That's because true. it has everybody's um, contribution, and it takes an Am and he took an Amazon village. It literally took an Amazon <laughs> village to create. When I um, said you by yourself, I didn't mean that. I meant that you put the book together. Oh yeah, I, I typeset the book um, and uh, the images and everything, and I uh, licensed the images and. Uh, found uh, some great artists to convey what I wanted to uh, to say in in that set in some various sections, and um, it came out really well. And uh, I kept tweaking it and tweaking it and tweaking it. And at some point, I, I said to myself, "Mary, stop, stop tweaking." Um, but uh, it came out really well. <laughs> Uh, no, I couldn't leave it alone. Uh, I, I I switched chapters around. I switched images around. Uh, it was, I think, it was the most challenging thing I've ever done in my life. Um, and it turned out really well. Um, and the best part of it, and and I equate this. Um, I was doing when I'm doing the charity auctions and it's a lot of work and I'm thinking oh my god why am I doing this and uh, I need sleep um, at the end when I see the money rolling in for the charities uh, the tiredness evaporates there is nothing uh, left of it so when I saw that the how people were reacting to the book and sharing the images of the book that they've received, and a few people got all three versions of it. Wow. Um, and I knew that the money that everybody had paid was going to uh, the Starship Foundation and the House of Bards. Um, it kind of, pride overtook uh, my tightness. I was so proud of it, and so proud of the support I've got from the Xenoverse. You know what I mean? Yes. And um, it just, it blew my mind. And I just want to let people know, every penny for that book that she worked two years on is going to charity. That's amazing. Four years, actually. Okay, four years. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But the last charity. were the, the most intense. And right on top of COVID as well. And I'm thinking, oh, I know. Good timing, Mary. I know. Um, yeah. So uh, it came out really well, and uh, as of right now, we're looking at about oh about eleven thousand in royalties to go to both uh, to both charities. That's great. Yeah. That's amazing. So charity has always been an important part of this universe. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's that's always yeah. been the the universe has a long history of. Um, various different groups coming together to actually raise money and you know there's lots of funny stories that, that go along with it 
uh, you know, and the shenanigans that sometimes we had to go through in order to yeah. to get, you know, there was those posters and, you know, all, all sorts of, that got stolen. And bras. Yeah. And, and green sports bras that got yes. stolen. Yes. FedExed all over the world and, you know. Yes. But it was always a labor of love. And I think that that really kind of was what the message I took away from Zena was that everybody that did it, whether what side of the arguments that you were on, there was a huge passion and love for the material. And yep. that kind of has withstood the, the test of time. And, and also to that, uh, oh, I'm sorry. even though we were fractured at, uh, in our opinions of who was going with whom and, and who should ship what and whatnot, when he truly mattered, when the yeah. chips were down, when he truly mattered, the Xenoverse just closed ranks and just became one. Yep, when, true. When Kevin Smith died, there's a perfect example. Oh, yeah. And, and, yeah. He, and the family, there was no insurance, and the family needed help. The, and Lucy started the Kevin Smith Foundation. That, that, was, yep. that was pure love. It was. And there were so many instances of it that you can't say that he was just a one-off. Oh, no. No. Because uh, a lot of things behind the scenes um, with people uh, not making a big deal out of it, but quietly would support yeah. others. And uh, and I think uh, and a lot of that has, has been written in the, uh, has been chronicled in the, in the Xena book that so much good was done because of this fandom. It was. It absolutely was. And, and you're adding to it, Mary. Uh, yeah, I have to find the angle of what I need to uh, to put it for the 30th anniversary. Uh, I've pretty much covered everything for the 25th. So uh, I may do a 30th or I may wait a little while for um, for say a Xena reboot or something else but um, for the moment I've got plans to uh, bring out a, another edition um, I'm trying to find what I left out in the first edition but I, can't <laughs> find it. I don't think you left anything out <laughs> yeah that's the problem um, so we'll see it may be a whole lot of uh, fan fiction and, and, and stuff like that, but who knows. Uh, I would like to bring out a second edition when something momentous happens, but we'll see. Um, we've come to the end. I want to thank everybody for taking part. Uh, could everybody give their website or how to get in, uh, see, first see your fan fiction and how to get in touch with you? Um, okay, let's see. I started with Missy before, so... Anika, you, can you give your information, like your website and any uh, social media that people can get in touch with you through? Um, I don't have a website, but uh, I'm on Instagram and Tumblr uh, under my username, which is um, Gushanois1918. And also you can find me on Archive of Our Own, which is where I post all my fanfic. Perfect. And, and there's a place there where you can write, you know, comments, and so you can say hi to yeah. her. Um, Mary? Uh, people can find uh, the website on AUSXIP, 
AUSPIX.com, not AUSPIX.com, because that's a different site. Um, my uh, original fiction is on nextchapter.net. I'm on Twitter on Ozip Mary D. I'm on Facebook as Ozip Mary D. Um, and on Instagram on Ozip Mary D. <laughs> I see it as uh, a theme. Um, yeah, pretty much. Missy? Missy, you there? Yep, I'm here. All of my stuff is pretty much at merwolf.com. So that's M-E-R-W-O-L-F.com, which has absolutely nothing to do with my fanfic, by the way. It's my heraldic device from the Society of Creative Anachronism. <laughs> um, and then that's also my username and all the... <laughs> Okay. Uh, yeah, no, I just, it's something that I picked up when I was in the SCA, and I thought, ah, it sounds like a good name for a website, and here I am with it, like, you know, 30 years later. So. That's funny. Let that be a lesson to you, folks. <laughs> Pick your websites well. <laughs> um, thank you, everybody, for taking part in the panel. I hope you enjoyed it. It was as fun as always, Sherry. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and thank you for chatting with Sherry.